So our readings today are about money, actually. All of them are about money, uh, which is uh, an awkward kind of a topic to preach about because it's something I don't like. I don't, I'm not a big fan of money. Uh, I don't like it. Um, I think it's, it's dangerous stuff. Uh, but we'll look into that in a sec. A couple of years ago, a good couple of years ago now, about 15 years ago, I did a mission in a place called San Remo. It's in the north of Italy. So I had to fly into Nice and then drive across to San Remo. And uh, driving across San Remo, you're, on, you're driving on the Côte d'Azur. Excuse the pronunciation. That's how we say it in English. The Côte d'Azur. The Côte d'Azur. Yeah, the blue coast. Uh, so it's, it's, I mean, it's exceptionally scenic. It's really, really, really beautiful. Uh, and then we passed through Monaco. So we thought we'd stop off in Monaco. We had a bit of time to kill, so we dropped off in Monaco. And uh, so you, you go into the, the, the harbour there, and it's, it's um, super yacht, super yacht, super yacht, super yacht, mega yacht, mega yacht, mega yacht, multi-trillionaire yacht. Like, I mean, they just get it just absolutely ginormous uh, and exceptionally expensive and always in the harbour, never actually getting used. Um, and then we went to, to uh, Monte Carlo, then this famous hotel, uh, for the rich and famous, and of course parked outside it, it's Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Bentleys and uh, tuned Mercs and all that kind of thing. All right, okay. So it was interesting. I mean, I, I just it was interesting to see because this is the kind of stuff you see on movies. Uh, in reality, though, when you when you see these things in reality, I really wasn't impressed. I really, really wasn't impressed. As in, like, I mean, I, I, I do like cars. I, I, uh, I always was a kind of a car fan, so, so like to see Lamborghinis and, and, and Ferraris in, in reality is, is quite impressive, especially when you hear them, just the sound of a V10. Oh, my goodness. They are amazing. But that aside, um, it's just, I don't know, I just found it all a bit kind of fake. You know, you've got these... Mo- and this isn't, this isn't judging the people involved now at all, but it's just, like, the idea behind all of this is this makes you happy. There you go. Got your super yacht, got your super car, got your super girlfriend 50 years younger than you. All good. That's it. Like, and then that you, you, you have it made. And I just thought, I, just, I actually don't believe that. No, I don't. I don't believe that for a second. I really don't. And the reason I don't believe that is because if you've ever, when you pay attention to people, when you look at people, when you live with people, when you love people, when you know people's hearts, and especially when you've seen people who suffer, you realize then how absolutely fake and useless all that kind of lifestyle is. It really is. Like say like you're a multimillionaire and all good and you come back home and you discover now that your husband or your wife has now been unfaithful. This person that you loved and cherished and, and, and held dear and, and, and trusted has now been unfaithful. No amount of money in the world can fix that for you. And, and there you are with a broken heart and you can go, you can sit down in your plush leather couch and drink your really expensive wine and sit in your super expensive car and it will not change nor help in any way, shape or form your broken heart. It won't. It won't. Because we're built, we're made for so much more than just all this external pleasure in that, you know? And then, on the other hand, like, I, I, I've, I've met families who were I suppose, relatively speaking, relative to us, relative to us in Ireland, you consider them quite poor. And uh, then you go into the house, right, and you have all these smiling kids. And you've got the mom there baking bread. And the dad who comes in wrecked because he's been working, doing whatever, and he comes in. And then the kids run over and say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. They grab onto his legs. He goes, all right, guys. Okay, how much time do we have for dinner? And they say, 20 minutes. All right, so we go for a bit of kick around, or a bit of puck, you know, puck a few balls and play a bit of sport together, whatever it is. 
and they come back in all sweaty and stinking of grass and uh, sit down at the table and everyone there's kind of a, a pong of body odor but such an atmosphere of family that millions couldn't buy you can't make this you can't buy this you can't manufacture this this is this is the fruit of of a loving heart so you know then you go, you go back then to the to the lives of the rich and the famous and all that kind of thing and it's just whether you're loaded or whether you're poor all of us are longing for the same thing we just want to be loved and to be loved to be loved and to love and i would I even argue that having more money makes that harder because people will love you because of your of your money not because of you so it's just it, it's a very interesting topic to reflect on also like i've known some <coughs> politically speaking um I don't want to really get into politics, but look, I've started, so I'll finish. Uh, But when it comes to to politics, when it comes to kind of a socialist idea, the the socialist idea is often that the rich are bad and we should kind of, you know, elevate the the common man uh, and and help them to be all they can be. Okay, but it's it's not that simple, and nor is that a Christian perspective on things at all. I know a a number of, of wealthy business people, and the reason they're wealthy is because... They went to school every day. They worked hard. They studied hard. They went to college, and maybe they had to work in a, in a, in a coffee shop or something, make the, pay their way through college. They got a good job. They proved that they were responsible. They make, made responsible decisions. They got promoted, promoted, promoted. Then they start a business on their own. They make good decisions and invest their money wisely, and then they're able to give them employment. I, I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm speaking about a particular man that I know who started, I won't mention it because all of that. I won't mention the name of the company. But he started uh, a company which is now, it's international, they're involved in in food uh, produce and buying and selling. And they employ, I don't know, I don't know, must be five, six thousand people easily. So five or six thousand people have now benefited from this man's astuteness. He's good with money. He just knows how, how the business thing works. He's also, incidentally, very generous to the local church and has paid for a grotto and the restoration of the church and all sorts of things. Is he bad because he's rich? No, he's helping all sorts of families. And he's even uh, assisting the Lord. I mean, he's, 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 he's a man of prayer and his, and his wife is definitely a, a woman of prayer. On the other hand, we can be poor because we're irresponsible with money. We get our money and we blow it and drink. And we blow it on Saturday night and we blow it on a new phone, TV, whatever it is. And we have no money because we keep spending it. So it's, it's, just, it's too simple an idea that the rich are bad and the poor are good. It just, that, that's not the way it works. In reality, that's not the way it works. And also this idea then that if the rich are rich and have lots of money, then we should take their money, give it to the poor, and then everybody be happy. That's not a Christian understanding of, of economics either. Because the Christian understanding of, of, of how these things work is that if the poor are poor, then I should help them. Me. Not take from the rich and give it to them. I should help them. That's a Christian understanding. That I serve in love. Me. It starts with me. Because it's too easy to sit on the couch and say, they're rich, give them more. Move that money there, and then they're... That's, that doesn't, it doesn't, that's not reality. Like, If the poor are in need, who should help them? Me. That's who should help them. And then if a person works hard and works honestly and gives employment to a lot of people, what is the problem? He's done a good thing. And if he loves the Lord and serves the Lord and helps the, the, the local church, then there isn't, there isn't a problem there. 
So, as Jesus says, I tell you this, the man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great. If you can be trusted with money, which is a stupid thing, it's kind of necessary to pay for, pay for the bills and pay for the food, but if you can be trusted with, this, with, with money, which gives us a certain amount of power, if you can be trusted with that, then you can be trusted with important things, like when we share God's own nature. We can be trusted with that if we can be trusted with a stupid thing like money. If you cannot be trusted with money, that tainted thing, who will trust you with genuine riches? If you cannot be trusted with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? What, is, what, is, what does this mean? What, what is our, our very own? God wants us to share in his nature, to be like him, to be like him, to be more like God in heaven. What that exactly means, we don't really know. But if, I, if, we, were, if we had more kind of God-like power, what would you do with it? Could you be trusted with it? Because if you can't be trusted with the limited power that you have here, the limited money that you have here, the limited you know, good looks or influence or uh, athletic ability, if you can't be trusted with those here, how could you be trusted with, with, with God's power? Whereas, phrase it positively, if I can be trusted that my money is given to me to help and to serve and to build up God's kingdom, whatever way I can, and my influence, that this, maybe I have a magnetic personality, people like being with me, good, use that for God. Or use that to influence people for good. I've told this story a hundred times, but remember when we were doing a, a light or night fever in Waterford. So it's a, an, a, an event that we, we run at night time uh, when people are going to the pub. So like maybe from seven o'clock until about ten. And you invite all the passers-by into the church to light a candle. It's very simple. It's a very simple invitation. Do you want to come into the church and light a candle? There isn't time to go into the deep theology. You just keep it simple. Do you want to come into the church and light a candle? And uh, when they come in, then the Blessed Sacrament is exposed, and there are maybe priests there hearing confession. So the person comes in, and now they're in a, a prayer environment, the opportunity for confession. So it's a, it's, it's a kind of a soft approach to mission. Good. But what's really interesting is to see then how some of the girls would use their eyelashes and swinging necks, whatever it is they do, <laughs> right, to go over to a bunch of guys and go, hey guys, do you want to light a candle in the church? And the lads be like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, are, you, uh, are, are you going to be there? Sure. And then she'd walk on, and she'd walk into the church, and there'd be a stream of ten lads behind her, you know? And, like, is that being bad? No. It's not. It's not. It's just, you, you know, I mean, you're using the, the fact that you have influence over people. Use it for good. Use it for good. So anything, everything can be used for good. What a gift. So the Lord tells us today to use money not just for our own pleasure, not just for our own entertainment, but to use money for the building up of God's kingdom. And if we can be trusted with a little, we can be trusted with a lot. If the Lord can trust us with money, he can trust us with far more important things. So we ask the Lord today to help us to use all of the resources that we have, not just for ourselves, but always for him. Amen.